Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Jay Stevens Podcast. This is episode 20, and as always, thank you for listening and downloading another episode of the podcast. Remember to always subscribe, rate, and review. It's a great way for people that are searching for a new podcast to listen to to come across this one. And then remember to always get the word out about the podcast via word of mouth. The things that we enjoy in life, we are more willing and somewhat wired to tell other people about. So no matter if this is your first episode or if you have been listening since episode one, be sure to tell people know about the podcast. If you missed Monday's episode, go back and listen to it. We're not having one episode a week. We're not doing two a week. There's too much going on right now to just have one episode a week. Like I said, this is a new podcast for me, a new venture for me. And I wanted to start off slow, do one a week. But with football season coming up, I'm more comfortable um, with the podcast. I said, why not? have two a week so we're having one on monday one on thursday still dropping in the morning the time that it's dropping is not going to change but we're having two a week and one reason why we're having two a week is because news can drop at any moment just like it did wednesday morning a lot of us woke up with updates on our phone to let us know that ezekiel elliott just had a new contract he signed a new contract with the Cowboys. Some of us thought it would never come. Um, we, did, we kept hearing that it's getting closer and closer and closer. Well, Cowboys fans said, stop making it closer. Make it happen now. And Wednesday morning was there now. Ezekiel Elliott signed a six-year, $90 million contract that makes him the highest paid running back in the NFL. Let me run that back if you missed that. Six years. $90 million extension that makes him the highest paid paid running back in the NFL. All in all, with this extension, that's eight years. $103 million that he is currently getting. The first Cowboy to eclipse at $100 million in total value. And now he is the richest running back in the NFL. The richest running back contract. Ezekiel Elliott, you got exactly what you wanted. When they said they can make you the second highest paid right behind Todd Gurley, you said no. You're thinking, hey, man, I am better than Todd Gurley. My value is better than Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley just hurt his knee. Well, no, he's hurt his knee multiple times. He hurt his knee when he was at Georgia, and his knee is aggravated once again. So I am better than Todd Gurley. My value to the Cowboys is way higher than than Todd Gurley's. Um, The quarterback, the guy that hands me the ball, He's going to be, he's good, but he's better when I am behind him or I'm beside him if I'm in shotgun. The defense, the defense gets more rest when I am on the field. Why? Because I garner that much attention from the defense and I am, I get that many touches when I am on the field. I deserve to get paid. And Ezekiel Elliott just got paid. Oh yeah, his new contract, six years, 90 million. Oh, guess what? That's 50 mil guaranteed. Well, let's compare his to some of the other running backs in the league that have held out or some of this currently that are just getting paid now. Todd Gurley, $45 million guaranteed. Le'Veon Bell, $35 million guaranteed. David Johnson, $31.8 million guaranteed. Devontae Freeman, $22 million. Saquon Barkley, man, you must be very, very happy for the rookie wage scale. $31.1 million guaranteed. Leonard Fournette, $27.1 guaranteed. That man just went secluded for three months to try to get to get himself, and he's getting paid a lot more than Zeke was in his rookie deal. Why? Because Zeke's rookie deal, he had 24 0.9 million guaranteed. Christian McCaffrey, last one back, I'll go over $17.2 million 
guaranteed. And yes, if you're a fantasy owner, you're very, very happy. Honestly, I am in two NFL uh, fantasy leagues. I mentioned my college football one, uh, I think it was last week. Well, I'm in two, uh, two NFL fantasy football leagues. I wasn't sure if I was going to draft Ezekiel Elliott. Why? Because I wasn't sure where that man was going to show up to play. But now, Wednesday morning, he got his contract. His holdout is over because he got paid. He's going back to the team, get back with his boys. He is able to play on Sunday. And ultimately, that is the goal of everyone, especially the Cowboys, to have all of their players able to play when it's time to play the real game the practice games are over it's time for the real games and ezekiel elliott will be suiting up for the cowboys on sunday zeke you got what you wanted cowboys fans i hope you're happy jerry jones hopefully he takes you to a super bowl fantasy owners you should be sending ezekiel elliott um uh, cards to thank him for what he did, because now your season can't start off very well when it could have been started uh, with a loss because your second running back, your third running back, or the running back you picked up may not be and is not as good as Ezekiel Elliott. Zeke, got your money. Congratulations, my man. Let's go ahead and take a trip to Los Angeles. Because as much money as Ezekiel Elliott just got, ha, Jared Goff got even more. You know, it always seems like the good teams, the teams that win, never let you know what their next move is going to be. The Patriots, for instance, since we're sticking with football. When Bill Belichick or Tom Brady or something's going on in the organization to better the team, nine times out of ten, we don't know about it. When Brady restructures his contract or when he gets a contract extension, we don't normally hear about it. We hear about Robert Kraft and his, and his shenanigans. But for the most part, Brady, Belichick, the Patriots organization, keep everything in-house, keep everything to them. So you don't know what the next move is, and it keeps um, function. It keeps everything organized, keeps everyone on the same page, and it doesn't let the opposition know what's going to happen. The Spurs, Greg Popovich, late mid, mid to late 90s. And the run that he has gone on with the Spurs – Nine times out of ten, you don't know what his next move is going to be. The changes that he makes with his lineup, uh, the acquisitions that they're going to make, the next guy from overseas he's going to pick up. We don't hear about it. The teams that we normally hear about, the players we hear about, they're normally the ones that are dysfunctional. The ones that always have drama following them. Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, good athletes, very good at their craft, but it seems like self-centered activities or self-centered uh, motives have been the things that characterize them as players or uh, as people. Then all of a sudden, the Rams. I, mean, I could talk about the Cowboys, but that's a whole that, that takes up too much time. Ezekiel Elliott getting paid, how long that took? Dak Prescott, Mark Cooper. Oh, we got to pay them. That that would take too much time. But all of a sudden, the Rams. All of a sudden, they come out and say, "Forget the timetable that you think that we need, or forget." Um, the way you think we should run everything. We're going to keep everything in-house. All of a sudden, on the night of September 3rd, Jared Goff get pay gets paid. When I say Jared Goff gets paid, Jared Goff gets paid. Four years, $134 million, $110 million guaranteed. Now, you may be saying, it's Jared Goff. What is he? What kind of player is he? He's okay. He's not that good. Um, he's just, uh, he's average. 
Well, if you look at his play, he's above average. He he does he does everything needed and then some to get his team to win. If you go to the numbers, he's above average. He does what's needed on the field, producing numbers to get his team to win. Now, coming out of college, the people have some question marks about Jared Goff. Uh, some of the strengths that they had before the some some of the strengths that he possessed that people said about him before the draft were throws with throws with consistent mechanics, has the arm to make most throws, full field reader, has the height and throwing art to get the ball over linemen and linebackers. Sounds pretty good. Sounds like a good guy. Sounds like a quarterback that I like to have from our team. Some of his weaknesses were timing and accuracy. Throws the ball, throws the back shoulder, throws to the back shoulder too often. Processing speed under pressure needs to be developed. That's normal. Throws wild and high and high when his mechanics get off, get off kilter and is prone to multiple picks when that happens. And they're, re- they're referring to a game his junior year in 2015 against Utah where he threw five picks. I mean, okay, great. He's a college quarterback. College quarterback makes mistakes. But his but his junior year, that year they're talking about, the year that he threw five picks against Utah, he threw for 4,714 yards, 43 touchdowns, and 13 picks. So even if, even if he threw one touchdown in, I mean, one interception in that in that game against Utah, we're still looking at, looking at a very, 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 very good quarterback. Instead of 13, we're looking at nine picks that year. That's still one per one a gamer. Um, less than one a game. Very good, very good. A guy that we would like. But Jared Goff, I mean, it's a guy uh, came into the league, number one overall draft pick. Uh, a lot was put on his shoulders. A lot was, um, a lot of people said, oh, L.A. Rams teams moved from St. Louis to L.A. They got a quarterback. He's questionable. We're not really sure what he's going to be, but he proved the doubters wrong. And first year, didn't start every single game. Second year, started 15 games. Third year, just last year, started all 16 games. And all of a sudden, you got a young quarterback with a young head coach, Sean McVay. Second year as a head coach last season. First year, he went 11-5. Last year, he went 13-3. So you got a young quarterback match with a young coach and all of a sudden those two pairs are going very very well we're very close to winning a super bowl last year and the coach and the organization say hey we like this guy so much we believe in you so much let's give you a contract before your rookie deal is up and before we we get our backs against the wall let's give you a new contract now Four years, 134 million, 110 million dollars guaranteed. We all gawk and get big eyes at Zeke's contract. As good of a guy Zeke is, the quarterback, quarterbacks do demand more money. Jared Goff is that guy. Hey, he hey, you you may say, oh, well, he's no Aaron Rodgers. He's no Tom Brady. He's no Drew Brees. He's no Big Ben. Okay, well, great. He has doesn't have the accolades, doesn't have the awards that those guys have. But what about what about this? We hear a lot about Baker Mayfield. We hear a lot about Patrick Mahomes. Best believe, I will tell you. Jared Goff deserves to be in that conversation as well. His team, his team has been has been better, more consistent than those te- than those guys. His team has gone f- further uh, or farther in the playoffs than those guys, and his team is is, is uh, very well equipped to ha- go on a- another run that same way this year. Jared Goff deserves to be in that conversation. When thinking about Jared Goff's conversation, to me, what I think of goes back to 2004 when Peyton Manning got his first contract or his second contract, not his first contract extension no no his second contract his rookie deal was uh i believe it was uh six years 27 million dollars guaranteed good deal good deal 
His whole contract was $27 million, $27 million, and he got $27 million guaranteed. Back then, money's a little bit different. Of course, Peyton Manning, another number one overall pick. And then and in 2004, I was a sophomore in high school. I forget if this came before Manny Kent, before the draft that year or after. I forget the time. Uh, but I do, be- I do believe it was uh, my regular routine. Uh, the way I would have figured everything out was either reading the paper that day or fi- coming home after school and watching around the horn or pardon the interruption. He was either going after school if I was already at home in the summer watching that as well. Um, those two shows that have been on for, like you hear, a very, very, very long time. Social media wasn't around back then. So I had, so I, I, my, the way that I probably heard about it was the radio or the paper, one of the two. It may have been ESPN, but my, I probably heard about it from the paper. Or from the radio. Mark Patrick was a the drive time host at that time. Did a very, 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 very good job. And one day we heard about Peyton Manning getting his contract, his second contract. So I think I meant okay, okay, cool. Colts, very good. Uh, we have a lot of talent on our team right now. Edwin James, Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, defense, Dwight Freeney, Robert Mathis, uh, Bob, Bob, hit him low, Bob Sanders, my guy, number 21. If that guy didn't get hurt, he probably could have been a Hall of Famer, but injuries, injuries got the best of him. But Peyton Manning, man. I look up seven years. I can't remember the last time I heard of an NFL player getting a seven-year contract. We hear sometimes in baseball, these guys are getting 10-year contracts. But Peyton Manning got a seven-year contract. Insane. Oh, best believe. How much money did he get? $98 million in his contract. Let me say that one more time. A seven-year $98 million contract. Locked Peyton Manning up from 2004 up until 2011. Let's run it back again. 2004 up until 2011. One contract. These guys are getting contract extensions and getting and getting a total of eight years in a contract, contract extension. Peyton Manning's one contract was seven years. $98 million. Now let's go to the guaranteed money. The guaranteed money was a lot different back then. Right now, Jared Goff has all but $24 million of his contracts guaranteed. Peyton Manning only had $34.5 million of his contract guaranteed. So I, 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 the, the, that's what I go back to. Peyton Manning, what, what happened with his contract? I was like, oh, my eyes got big. Oh, we got Peyton Manning. He's locked up. Yeah, buddy, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. But all of a sudden, we get to today. Let's, let's fast forward a little bit. These guys nowadays get paid uh, Yes, I understand the average salary in America is $62,000 a year, and these guys are getting paid tens of million dollars to play a sport, to play a game. I get it. I understand it's, it's outrageous, but these guys, that's just what the market is. I don't. I, I wish I could get paid more, get paid more just like you wish you could get paid more, but the market is what the market is. These guys are getting paid. It will be nice uh, since the average salary, salary in America is nowhere close to what these guys are paying, these, what these guys make. It would be nice if these guys would get their contract and say, okay, cool. I'm going to give some a lot of my money to the common man. So you get some, sir. You get some, sir. You get some, sir. Hey, you, you up there in the, in the top section, since you're up there cheering me on, you get some as well. Uh, give us all of them, but give, share some of that with us. Not give it to us. Share some of that with us. Yes, you've earned it. That's what the market says. But some of the fans love some of this as well. Being a little sarcastic there, trust me, I get it. But that's just some of the difference between the contracts back then and the contracts now. The guaranteed money is a lot more down than it was back then. But Jared Goff, once again, got his money. And what does this mean for the Rams? 
Well, the Rams now, they've solidified their quarterback. They have a franchise quarterback. They have a bell cow running back. They got guys in to throw the ball to, and their defense is good. Very good. Sean McVay, the young coach, looking to duplicate what, he's, what he has done in his past two years, except for last year ending in a Super Bowl loss, less, this year in, in a Super Bowl win. The city of Los Angeles, what does it mean for Los Angeles? Well, Los Angeles is a sports town. You may say, Jay, they just got football teams back. What do you mean it's a sports town? Well, if you go back and look at history and even look look up now, L.A. is known for L.A. sports teams win. I'm just saying it. L.A. sports teams win. Now, if you go from baseball, football, basketball, hockey, soccer, they have five sports teams in every single league. Yes, ML, Major League Soccer, Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, MLB. There's five teams no, there's two teams per league. Excuse me. There are two teams per league. They even have a team in the WNBA. And all every team except for two of those teams, sport teams in L.A., have won a championship. The Clippers have not got close to Blake Griffin, Chris Paul. DeAndre Jordan just didn't get, the, didn't get it done. Then also, they have another a second soccer team in L.A., the Los Angeles Football Club. Been around for one year. In their first year, what happened with them? They made the playoffs. They lost. Now, they lost in the knockout round, but best believe, they made the playoffs. L.A., worst teams in L.A., they win. They win, they win, and win. And it looks like the Rams are going to be very close to bringing another title to Los Angeles. You may not like You may not like teams in L.A. You may not even like the West Coast. But the teams in L.A., they're known for winning, and the Rams are trying to bring a title to Los Angeles. The last time the Rams won a Super Bowl, was well, in 1999, when they were in St. Louis, when it was Kurt Warner, Marshall Falk, Isaac Bruce, Tory Holt, Ricky Polo, those boys, the um, the greatest show on turf. If you want to see some great football, you want to see a great offense, go back on YouTube, look at those great St. Louis Rams teams. That was a fun team to watch. Now they did get to the super they did go to the Super Bowl a couple years later, lost to the Patriots, and that was a, that was tough because I don't think that the, that that Rams team was used to getting hit the way the the, the way the Patriots DBs were hitting them. Oh, if you go back and look at that Super Bowl, man, they were getting hit hard, very, very, very hard. They weren't used to that at all. But hey, you know what? If this if this this time now is any, is any closer to trying to re, uh, remember or resemble the time of the late '90s, early 2000s, that Rams team that won '99 lost in 2001. Hey. They lost the Super Bowl last year. Let's go ahead. Hey, I'm not trying to pencil them in now, but if, if we all know history history repeats itself. The Rams with Jared Goff, Sean McVay, and what they have going right now in L.A., they are very, 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 very close to bringing another football championship, another Super Bowl back to L.A. Hey, Los Angeles Rams fans. That sounds so weird to say. I'm used to saying St. Louis. The Los Angeles Rams fans, be happy you got your guy. I want to give you a hand clap. Jared Goff, you got your money. Hey, man, congratulations. Rams fans, you have a lot to cheer for. It's an exciting time to be a Rams fan right now. And let's keep this train rolling. If you're not on the train yet and you're looking for a team to, to root for, root for the Rams. You won't be disappointed. Let's move away from the NFL right now and go to the college game. And we're not fast-forwarding till Friday or even uh, Saturday where this week's college games will be played. We're going to rewind to last week, to last Saturday evening in primetime, where Mr. Bo Nix, the true freshman quarterback, 
starting at Oregon, excuse me, starting at Auburn, that is, beat Oregon 27-21 in Jerry's World on prime time. Let me rewind that real quick because there was a key, there were two key words that were a little bit different for this particular setting. Week one, true freshman quarterback, Bo Nix led Auburn over Oregon, got it right that time, 27 to 21 in Jerry's world in prime time True as a true freshman. There were four true freshman quarterbacks that started week one this past week. A weird thing, a weird thing that we're seeing. Last year, it was five. But this year, there are four. Why? What is it about the true freshman quarterbacks? What is it? Bo Nix didn't have a great game. What makes him so good of a quarterback to start week one of his freshman year? He went 13 for 30, 31, 177 yards, two touchdowns, two picks. Wasn't a great game. Wasn't a good game. What, 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 what happened? Well, Bo Nix was being trusted by his quarterback, Gus Malzahn. These quarterbacks nowadays, not just quarterbacks, but these athletes in general, they're getting a lot more one-on-one -on -one time. They're getting a lot more time to learn the playbook. These guys are coming into college. They're playing in the spring games. They're getting, they're getting used to the uh, college atmosphere. They're getting used to the college locker room. They're getting used to the different play calls, getting used to playing with guys that are 20, 21, 22 years old, some 23, if you're going to the University of University of Cincinnati, they have a 29-year-old playing playing lineman there. Yes, I did say a 29-year-old playing lineman. He actually ended his high school career, played hockey for a few years, and then didn't start playing football until 2015 when he started, when he tried to make the team. Yes, 29 years old. But these guys are coming in at 17, 18 years old, young, young, ready, ready to learn, ready to play on the next stage. And Bo Nix, Jaden Daniels. Sam Howell and Hank Bachmeyer, they all came in ready to learn, ready to soak up everything from their coaches. Jaden Daniels had a good game for Arizona State. They beat Kent State 30-7, but his stat line was pretty convincing. For a good young guy, very satisfying. 15 for 24, 284 yards and two touchdowns. What about Sam Howell? Sam Howell beat his rival in... In Charlotte, uh, 24 to 20, North Carolina over South Carolina. Sam Howell's, Sam Howell's stat line looks very similar to Jaden Daniels. Actually, when I saw it, I thought they were the same. 15 for 24, 245 yards and two touchdowns. Hank, Hank Bachmeyer, what did he do? Well, he beat Florida State 36 to 31 on the road in Tallahassee. This wasn't something that where he is in the comfort of his home of his of his of his home field. He has home, the home fans behind him. No, he went from Boise, Idaho, down to Tallahassee, Florida, where the game was supposed to be played in Jacksonville, but had to be moved to Tallahassee due to the threat of the hurricane. And you know what happened? Hank Bachmeyer played a very good game: 30 for 51, 407 yards. He only had one touchdown. I mean, you always say one touchdown. That's not that great. But his one touchdown came in the third quarter uh, to bring. Boise State within one score. Sometimes it's not about how many touchdowns you have or how many touch or how many yards you have or or what you're doing. Sometimes it's about the time of what's going on. A timely interception, a timely touchdown. Uh and actually late in the game, he led his team down to get uh to for for a, actually a rushing touchdown to help them get the lead. But these young quarterbacks are very similar to a, a few other true freshmen that we have seen win national titles. 2017, you remember the guy, Tua Tungavailoa. Now, Tua we actually saw before the national title game. We saw him quite a bit, but 
quite a bit throughout his freshman year with Jalen Hurts for the starter. Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts, a sophomore that year. We saw Tua. Well, you know Alabama, their games, they're sometimes they get blowouts. Sometimes they beat people pretty bad, and sometimes it allows the second, the second, second, uh, second string. If I can't get the word out, sometimes it allows the second string to come in and actually get a lot of playing time, a lot of valuable playing time, get some reps in, or actually on the big stage. So Tua was able to get that. Played eight games his freshman year. All of a sudden, the national title game. What happened? Jalen Hurts wasn't playing well. Nick Saban made a gutsy move, a move that most coaches wouldn't make, but he believed in his in, in his southpaw. He put uh, Tua Tagovailoa in in the game. What did, what did Tua do? He threw the game when he touched down to Devontae Smith, a 41-yard touchdown pass to win the national title. What did he win? The offensive MVP of that game. Yes, as a true freshman, Tua Tagovailoa was actually a household name. We actually believed and understood and knew that this guy was going. To be good the upcoming year and you know what kept happening he got better his sophomore year and he's even better his junior year we expect big things from Tua so big things Jalen understands how good Tua is Jalen Hurts decided to transfer last year going from Alabama to Oklahoma and what happened Jalen Hurts had a great game last uh last uh on Sunday night I'm getting my, getting my tongue tied getting tongue tied once again on Sunday evening not just Tua but go to Trevor Lawrence I mean, Trevor Lawrence, Kelly Bryant starts game one last year. Trevor Lawrence comes in game two and doesn't lose his spot. Doesn't lose at all. Kelly Bryant gets so upset and realizes he's, he realizes he's not he's not better than this guy. He transfers from Clemson to Missouri. I mean, what a, what a drop off. I mean, I know you're a guy. I know you're good. I, I know I know that you can start and play on this collegiate level, but to go from Clemson to Missouri, that's a major drop off, guys. But that's what he wanted to do to play. And if you have seen Trevor Lawrence throw the football, if you have seen Trevor Lawrence take command uh, of the offense while he's out there and control what the defense is able to do, it's a thing of beauty. I was watching him last week. Um, I, of course, it was probably I think it was probably a highlight or just some clips in the middle of a game. He throws the ball, and it just looks different. Yeah, I mean, seriously, it just looks different. I mean, you, you get some of those players where they, well, the way they run, the way that they uh, move laterally as a linebacker, or the way they cover as a corner, it's just different. I mean, you look at, I mean, I talked about him a, a few weeks ago during the Hall of Fame ceremony. You look at Champ Bailey and some of the times where he was guarding the top corner, I mean, not the corner, the top receiver for the other team. He just looked different the other, than other corners. His technique, his footwork, his hips, he just looked different. And that's the way that that's the way Trevor Lawrence is, not just to myself, but also NFL scouts. If Trevor Lawrence could come out this year, he probably would be a top quarterback picked in this upcoming NFL draft. But NFL has a rule that I like that you have to be three years removed out of high school. And I I 100 percent like that rule um, because it forces you to not just to not jump into a man's game, a different game too early. It allows your body to develop. It allows you to play at a higher level um, where it's not the same thing every single week and you play different competition. I like the rule what the NFL has. We have to be three years removed before going into the NFL because Trevor Lawrence, he is that good that he probably would be a top pick this year. But these true freshmen, will this be a trend that will continue where we will see one, two, three, four, five? What if it's 10 true freshman quarterbacks that are starting week one? It could be a thing. Why? These guys are a lot smarter. They have more, they have more, um, uh, uh, they have a higher ability to have uh, more resources than people did years ago. They have, they go to different quarterback camps. They have their own personal quarterback coaches. These guys are going to 
prep schools a lot, not, not just their senior year, but maybe junior and sophomore year as well. They're getting coached by the top guys. They're going to the top camps, and it's paying off. So I'm not sure if this, I'm not sure uh, if we'll ever see half of the Power 5 schools go, go this route. I don't think that'll happen, but I do think this will be a trend where we'll see more true freshman quarterbacks take the helm, take the reins, and lead the offense week one. Why? Because the resources that these guys have, the skills that these guys, guys possess, the ability for these athletes to consume these playbooks uh, is a lot better than it used to be. True freshman quarterbacks, watch out. Be looking out for these names. Bo Nix, Jaden Daniels, Sam Howell, Hank Bachmeyer, Boise State, Auburn, North Carolina, and Arizona State. I know for sure Herm Evers is glad he's a guy. He has a guy in, in Jaden Daniels. Why? Because he's a new coach and he has a he is a quarterback he can believe in. And you know what? He's probably going to be there for at least three years, maybe four, depending on how he, how good he is in his sophomore and junior year. And these guys have the ability to not only help their career and be top NFL draft picks, but also help their coaches. And it's going to be fun to watch. These guys lead their teams. Why? Because they're starting now. We get at least three years to watch these athletes play at a high level at, on, on Saturdays for a few more years. Before we get out of here, I got to give our I got to get to our picks for the week uh, Four college football picks. Then five actually NFL picks in this week one. Let's have to do five instead of four. This far in, in the college football season, I am five and one. The lone loss came Saturday evening because of who? Bo Nix. Uh, Oregon. I picked Oregon over Auburn. Oregon and Oregon ended up losing that game 27, 27 to 21. Bo Nix, you got me. You got Oregon. But hey, five and one through week one. Well, we don't really know what's going to be happening so far in these games. It's pretty good to me. So we'll start college football. Then I'll go to the NFL. College football, all these games are on Saturday. I have number 25, Nebraska, over Colorado. I have I have number one, Clemson, over Texas A&M. I have number nine, Texas, over number six, LSU. I have number 25, Stanford, over U.S. Number 23, Stanford, excuse me, over USC for NFL Tomorrow, or tonight, excuse me. Tonight, I have the Bears over the Packers. Sunday, I have the Cowboys over the Giants. I have the Patriots over the Steelers. I have the Rams over the Panthers. And then Monday evening, to round out week one, I have the Broncos over the Raiders. What say you? What say you? Send your emails out, jstevenspod at gmail.com. If you want to go back and forth, and I'll I'll tally to see who's the best, who has the best picks throughout the season, I will gladly, gladly do that. Honestly, through, through week one of college football, 5-1 and one to me isn't that bad. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Jay Stevens Podcast. As I just said, you can send all emails to jstevenspod at gmail.com. Once again, that is jstevenspod at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at dr underscore j25. Once again, that is dr underscore jay, the number two, and the number five. As always, remember to stop, Remember to subscribe, rate, and review. It's a great way for listeners for listeners that are trying to find new podcasts to listen to to come across this one. Then remember to always get the word out about the podcast via word of mouth. The things that we enjoy in life, we're more willing and somewhat wired to tell other people about. So no matter if this is your first episode or if you have been listening since episode one, be sure to let people know about the podcast. As I said earlier, this was episode 20 of the Jay Stevens Podcast. Remember, we're coming to you twice a week, every Monday, every Thursday. I'll see you next time.